Memdal and Amaral, six lines from the top, the Mishnah. We have an argument about Muktzah Machmas Mias. Do we say something is Muktzah that you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos because it's disgusting that the rabbis forbade it because of Muktzah? We said, We're allowed to move a new lamp, an earthenware lamp that was never lit before. That's not disgusting because it wasn't burnt yet. But you can't move an old one, one that was lit before because it's now dirty and it's Muktzah because of Mias of being disgusting. That's the opinion we'll see of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, No. Call a Nero. Metaltolin, you're allowed to move all lamps, whether they're new, whether they're old, even though it was even though it was lit before and it's disgusting and grimy. We don't say that there's a muktzah of mius. Rabbi Shimon has a very small view of muktzah, and that's not considered that's something you have to be separate from on Shabbos. The only lamp that you're not allowed to move on Shabbos is one that's actually lit at this moment. Now, right now we're going to be learning, according to Rashi, that you're not allowed to move a lamp that's lit because you might come to you might come to put out the flame. Later we'll talk about we'll talk about it, the prohibition for a different reason of it being a foundation for something that's muksa, namely for the fire. Okay, now we're going to see a brisa that really uh, investigates various permutations of these views. Tanarabana, we learned in a brisa matatul in erchadash. We're allowed to move a new lamp, but not an old one. That's the Rebbe Huda, That's the opinion of Rebbe Huda. That's exactly the opinion we learned at the beginning of the Mishnah. The new one's not disgusting, so it's not muktzah. And the old one, once it was lit, it, 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 it's, it's dirty, and it's, and it's muktzah because of me, so being disgusting. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, no, call a neighbor's metatlin. You're allowed to move all kinds of lamps on Shabbos, whether they're new or whether they're old. He doesn't hold the muktzah of me, of disgusting. It's fine. The only lamp that you can't move is a lamp that was lit on Shabbos. Because even though he doesn't hold the muktzah of me, of disgusting, he does hold muktzah, the following, like we said, that when something is muktza, when Shabbos comes in, it remains muktza the whole Shabbos. So this, this, since this lamp was lit as Shabbos came in, and it was muktza then, it's muktza for the whole Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon, the other opinion we saw above, he says, he says, he says, or Rabbi Shimon Omer, he says, he said, no, the only lamp you can't move is a lamp that is lit on Shabbos. Not only is it, not only is he not worried about mukta of Mius of discussing, he's also not worried about mukta of something that was mukta when Shabbos came in. So what? The person still has in mind that they, even though the fire is going on, it's mukta when Shabbos comes in, but a person has in mind the fire will go out and be able to use it later. So the only lamp that you can't move on Shabbos, according to Rishimon, is a lamp that's actually lit at this moment. We said for the moment because you, if you move it, you might put out the fire. And he says, But once it's once it once it went out, the only lamp that's lit you can't move. But once the lamp went out, you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. Now it looks like Rishim is continuing, and he says, "I will coast But when it comes to it, had you lit a fire in a cup or in a bowl or in a or in a glass orb, those things, even though the fire went out, those ones are forbidden. Now that's going to be hard to understand. What's the difference? He just said a minute ago that he doesn't care. Once the fire went out, it's fine. Why are these things different? We'll discuss it momentarily. So he says, I will cause carbo shashis, but when it comes to a cup or to a bowl or to a glass orb, those you cannot move from their place. We'll see why. Now we see the most lenient opinion that comes to follow. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, his son says, he says, you're allowed to, you're allowed to take oil from a lamp that's on the way out, even though we said in Jonah, you can't, you can't take oil from a lamp that's going out. He said, it's not a problem. The lamp's already going out. You're not doing anything because the lamp's on the way out anyway. And you're not, you're not worried about putting out the fire. And furthermore, Hashem and Amataftev, and you're allowed to make use of oil that drips from the lamp, even while the lamp is actually burning.
So now we want to explain what's the difference between Rabbi Shimon and his son. Amar Baya Baya says, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Shimon, he says, so he says, Rabbi Shimon agrees with his father in one case, uh, and he disagrees in one case. What does that mean? He agrees with his father in the one case, the Lesley Muktza, that he doesn't hold the stringent view of Muktza, and he says that even though this lamp was Muktza when Shabbos came in, it doesn't remain Muktza for the whole Shabbos. Once it went out, it's fine. But Rabbi Shim disagrees with the father in one case, and that is what? His father says what? That only when the lamp went out is the oil not Muktza. But the whole time the lamp is burning, the oil Oil is designated for its mitzvah. You're not allowed to use it. It's muktzah. V'yu, but his son Rabbi Shimon holds sabar afal gav kava. Even though the lamp hasn't gone out, the oil is never muktzah. Okay, now we want to explain the continuation, which we said before. It looks like it's a continuation of Rabbi Shimon. When it came to a, where you lit a fire in a cup of oil, or in a bowl of oil, or in a glass orb of oil, and even though even though the flame went out, it's what it sounds like. You're not allowed to move them. So the says, "My shana, honey, what's the difference? <laughs> if, if according to Rabbi Shimon, a person has in mind, even though when Shabbos comes in, the lamp is muktzah, but he knows that the flame is going to go out, and therefore he's able to use. He able, he's able to use. He's able to." Use the lamp afterwards. It's not mukta afterwards. What's the problem? Why did he make a difference? Amarula. So Ula says, you know what? You're right. There is no difference. And Seifa Tana Rabbi Yehuda. That Seifa, that next part that says that says the cup and the bowl and the glass orb. It's not Rabbi Shimon speaking. That's back to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that since it was mukta when Shabbos came in, it's mukta for the whole Shabbos. And that's the reason, but that's not Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi says, you know, nice, but nice, but 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 not so nice. Why? Marzucha said, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. How can you tell me that that that, that prohibition of those three things is is Dafka Ruda? says, Iochi, my Abel, he says, he says, why did it say but? It sounds like but these three things you can't, which implies what? These three things you can't, but the lamp you can once it goes out. If you're saying it's Rabbi Yehuda, then it's not only these three things, it's these three things, and also a lamp. Even though the lamp went out, you also can't use it. So since it implies these three things, but not the lamp. It says the lamp, you can use it once it went out, but these three things not. It must be Rabbi Shimon. He says, right, you're right, it is Rabbi Shimon. I so if Rabbi Shimon holds when the lamp goes out, it's no longer muksa. So how come these three things, the bowl, the cup and the bowl, and the glass orb, when they go out, how come they remain to be muksa? The answer is, because when do Rabbi Shimon say that a lamp that went out, it's specifically by a lamp, it's by a lamp because it's small, the Daiti Lavi has it in mind. Even though he knows a lamp, he really it's a small amount of oil. He really figures the lamp is going to go out on Shabbos, is most likely, and if there's any oil left, it'd be, it can go out on Shabbos, and therefore, and therefore he somehow still has in mind that he'll use this lamp on Shabbos, and it'd be able to move it. Abelhani did a fiche low, but these three things when it comes to the when it comes to the cup or a bowl or this glass orb, since they're big and, and a person really as Shabbos came in expected that they were going to be burning all Shabbos long. It just happened now it didn't burn, but the, that really even according to Bishiman is Mukta. So where that where he really, really had no expectation whatsoever that he's going to be able that the fire is going to go out on Shabbos, even though Bishiman holds that the lamp that was lit on Shabbos when Shabbos came in remains Mukta for the whole Shabbos. But not in general. I says the Gemara one second. How can you tell me that Rabbi Shimon holds that a thing that's big that has a big oil reservoir remains muktzah the whole Shabbos because he didn't expect it to go out? But oh, Tanya, didn't we learn the Brisa we learned above? Didn't we learn Moser Hashem and Shibaner? Then we learn that the first opinion said what that the leftover oil that's in the lamp or the leftover oil that's in a bowl. 
is forbidden to use. It was muktzah when Shabbos came. It was muktzah all Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon Matir, Rabbi Shimon says it's permissible, and you see that he that he allowed a bowl. So how can you tell me what the difference between a bowl and a lamp? A lamp, Rabbi Shimon says, you can use, and the and the bowl not. You see that he was allowed to even the oil that was in the bowl above, he allowed you to use. The what was left over. So you see that he did have it in mind. Gemara says, you know what? Nope, there are two different kinds of bowls. Ha'asam kara dumyadiner. In the brisa above, where he allowed us to use the leftover oil in the bowl, it was taught in apposition to a lamp. A lamp is small. And therefore what? So just like the lamp was small, it was also talking about a small bowl. Ha'asam kara dumyadiner. But in the brisa that we're learning now, where he forbade it, where he forbade it, that because here it was taught in apposition to a cup, which is big. So when it's a big bowl, that's just like the cup, just like the glass orb. Rabbi Shimon also says that even though the fire went out, it remains muktzah on Shabbos. Above, when he allowed the leftover oil in the bowl, and because it was a bowl that was a bowl that was taught in opposition to a lamp, which is small, and it's a bowl that he also had some expectation that it might go out on Shabbos, and he'd be able to use what was left over. Now, before we had a machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, we came to muktzah because of disgusting. Rabbi Meir says, I don't worry about muktzah of disgusting, and therefore even an old lamp is muktzah to move on Shabbos, an old, old earthenware lamp. And Rabbi Yehuda says, I'm worried about muktzah of disgusting, and I can't move uh, an old lamp on Shabbos, an old earthenware lamp, because it's disgusting. Now, we have, but we will learn about it differently. What if we remove the disgusting factor? What about the law of something that's books when Shabbos comes in, remain books of the whole Shabbos? So Amr Abizera, Abizera says here, let me, let, me, let, me, let me juggle the factors and I'll show you a law. Amr Abizera, he said, Pamut, Sheidliko Boba Shabbos. A Pamut is a metal lamp, as opposed to an earthenware lamp, we're talking about a metal lamp, which doesn't become disgusting, when, when you, even, though it's been, even though it's been used already. So now if you had a metal lamp, which doesn't become disgusting, but it was lit when Shabbos came in, so the one who permitted the earthenware lamp, namely Rabbi Meir, who wasn't worried about muktzah disgusting, Usser, in this case he considers it to be Usser, because he does hold, even Rabbi Meir, or Meir even though he rejects the idea of muktzah because of disgusting, he accepts the idea of something that's muktzah when Shabbos comes in, remains muktzah. So even though he allowed us to use an old earthenware, to move an old earthenware lamp on Shabbos, he will not allow Allow us to use to, to move a, a a a metal lamp that was lit when Shabbos came in, even though it's not disgusting, but it'll still be muksa because it was muksa when Shabbos came in. And furthermore, let there be osur mutter. And according to the opinion, according to Yehuda, who said that an old earthenware lamp is forbidden to move on the Shabbos because it's disgusting, but when it's a metal one where it's not disgusting, you're allowed to move it, even though it was lit on Shabbos. So therefore, he, and you see that he, he's saying, Rabbi Zayr is saying that according to Yehuda, even though Yehuda holds the muktzah of mius of discussing, he does not hold that something that was muktzah when Shabbos came in comes in remains muktzah the whole Shabbos. The says, "Come on, that doesn't make any sense." The main way Rabbi Yehuda muktzah machmas mius isla. You want to tell me according to Rabbi Zayr? And according to Behuda, that he, Rabbi Yehuda forbids muktzah of disgusting that he holds muktzah machmas isla lesley. But he doesn't hold mukta that comes from being prohibited when Shabbos comes in, that remains mukta the whole Shabbos. Come on, that's impossible. But Atanya, we learn explicitly in a Bryce, Behuda Omer, Behuda says, call on Nero Shamatachas Matatlin. He says explicitly, all lamps of metal you're allowed to move on Shabbos, when though there was, even though they had been lit before, because they're not disgusting. Except for a metal lamp, I just added those words, except for a metal lamp that was lit on Shabbos. So you see clearly that Behuda does indeed hold that even a lamp that's not because it's disgusting, so long as it was lit when Shabbos came in, remains books of the whole Shabbos. So how can you tell me that Rabbi Yehuda would Rabbi Yehuda would allow us to move a metal lamp once it went out on Shabbos? It's not true. 
See, right, the whole, that whole tradition of Rabbi Zeir is incorrect. And you have to say, if Rabbi Zeir ever spoke, this is what he actually said. Rabbi Zeir, Rabbi Zeir said the following. A metal lamp that was lit, was lit on Shabbos, was lit for the sake of Shabbos. That was when Shabbos came in, it was lit. And now it's not lit. This is what he's saying. Everybody, whether it's Rabbi Yehuda or whether it's Mayor, everybody holds that it's forbidden to move on Shabbos. Why? Even though it's not disgusting. But both Rabbi Mayor and Rabbi Yehuda will hold that you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. Why? Because since it was Muktzah when Shabbos came in, it's Muktzah for the whole Shabbos. But let's say it was a metal lamp that had been lit before, but it wasn't lit when Shabbos came in. Then everybody, whether everybody, Bain Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that this Muktzah becomes disgusting, Bain Rabbi Meir holds it, those no books are disgusting, all holds that it's mutter to move on Shabbos, because since it's neither disgusting, nor was it mukta when Shabbos came in, everyone will agree that it is not mukta, it's not mukta and you're allowed to move it on Shabbos, that metal. We learn amazing halacha. I'm Rabbi Damarav. Mita Shiyach Delamos, a person, a, a bed that a person designated to use for putting money on, Asher you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos, even though the person never put money onto it. The mere designation made the bed mukta for Shabbos. Gemara says, let me ask your kasha. Doesn't make sense. Maybe Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. He says, yes, yes, a kasha. Metaltal in there, chadash avolayoshin. Didn't we learn in the Mishnah you can move a new lamp? That was never lit, but you can't move an old lamp. So you see that what the only differentiation is old lamp forbidden, new lamp permissible. Sounds like even a new lamp that a person designated to be a lamp, and still the person is allowed to a person is allowed to move it. And I want to ask you a question: Have we to say when it comes to a lamp, which by definition is made for lighting, nevertheless, even though the person designated it for lighting, so long as so long as he hadn't lit it yet, kilo hidlik ba charlito. So long as he hasn't lit it before, he's allowed to move it on Shabbos. It's not considered muksa. The mere designation doesn't make it muksa. Mita de lav lachayavida. When it comes to a bed which is not even made for 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 putting money on, lo kol All the more so, more so, shouldn't it be true that even though he designated it, so long as he hadn't actually put money on it, it should still not be muksa. He should be allowed to move it on Shabbos. The designation alone shouldn't make it muksa. Mar says, "You're right." Eliyit Mar says, "If we ever learn this, Mar, you have to say this is the way it was actually taught. This is the real teaching." Am Rabbi Huda This is what he said: "Mita sheich delamos, a bed that a person designated to put money on on Shabbos, to put money on. Hiniach lemos, and then if the person actually put money on it one time, also letaltula, then." You're not allowed to move it on Shabbos, even though there's no money on it now. But since he both designated it and used it for money, now it's Muktzah. And if he never put money on it, even though he designated it, you're allowed to, you're allowed to move it, just like we said. What about the other way? Let's say he didn't designate it for money. Then on Shabbos, if there's money actually on the bed, you can't move it because it's a foundation for Muktzah. And if there's no money on Shabbos, you're allowed to move it. Who? But that's on condition. That's on condition that there was no money on the bed when Shabbos came in. But if there was money on the bed when Shabbos came in, even though for some reason now it's not there anymore, somebody took it off, you're still not allowed to move the bed for the reason that we said, according to like we always said, according to Yehuda, that something that's muksa when Shabbos comes in. If the, if the bed was a foundation for muksa when Shabbos came in, it had money on it. Even though the money's off it now, it's still forbidden to move it. It's still considered to be muksa. Now we're going to bring a kushia from a complicated din 
in, but the whole kushya to make it easy is only for one thing. A minute ago we said that according to Rav, that Rav held like Rabbi Yehuda, that, that anything that was muktzah when Shabbos came in remains muktzah for the whole Shabbos. So if the bed had, had money on it when Shabbos came in, the bed is forbidden to move all Shabbos even though the money is no longer on the bed. We're going to see in a minute when it comes to a certain wagon wheel. We're going to see that only when the wagon wheel had 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 money actually had money on it on Shabbos is forbidden to move that wagon wheel. And even though the, even though the wagon wheel had money on it when Shabbos came in, so long as the money's off it when when it but later on, you're allowed to move the wagon wheel. So we're going to use that Mishnah that we're about to use, learn as a challenge to what we just said in the name of Rav. Now let's read that Kushi inside. Amr Ula Mesa Rulezer. He says, Rulezer, yes, Akasha. How can you tell me that Rav said that, uh, that a bed that had money on it when Shabbos came in, even though the money's off, it's mutter to move it on. It's still forbidden to move the bed on Shabbos because it was muktzah when Shabbos came in, it's muktzah low Shabbos. Didn't we learn when it came to a wagon? Now, a wooden wagon is, it has a receptacle and it's, and it's vulnerable to becoming tame. We should know, though, that once it's 40 saw big, then it's invulnerable. It's no longer, since, it's, since from the Torah we learned that something that can't be moved, both Empty and full is not is is not vulnerable to tuma. So a wagon that's forty saw big is not vulnerable to tuma. Now we have a question. This wooden wagon has a wooden wheel. The wooden wheel also has just like the wagon. Uh, a wooden wagon has a receptacle and it's and it's vulnerable to becoming tame. Also, a wooden wheel has a receptacle and it's vulnerable to becoming tame. This particular wheel is is a wheel that you could, that you can take off the wagon. It's not stuck on the wagon. It's a removable wheel. And we're going to learn in the Mishnah that because the wheel is removable, it's considered a separate utensil from the wagon. In all ways, what do we mean to say? Let's say, for example, the uh, Mukhni Shalos. So we, so we learned in the Mishnah, this wagon wheel is a, because it's something that, since it's a wagon wheel that's removable, ain't Hebrew law. It's not considered connected to the wagon. So this has various ramifications. For example, let's say the wagon became tummy. Something tummy touched the wagon. Even though the wheel is now connected to the wagon, the wheel doesn't become tummy because since it's removable, it's considered a separate utensil and the mere touching of the wagon is not going to make the wagon wheel tummy. It's not considered part of the wagon. Furthermore, let's say that the wagon is so large that it's not vulnerable to becoming tummy and the wheel is connected to it and something touched Tommy, t- touch the wagon wheel. Even though the wagon per se is in, is is invulnerable to becoming tummy, since we did since the wheel is removable, it, it's considered its own utensil and it doesn't get the invulnerability of the wagon. And if something tummy touched the wheel, the wheel becomes tummy. So that's number one. Furthermore, aim the indedesima. The wagon wheel is not counted in the in the measurement of the wagon. If I want to see if I want to say, oh, the wagon is too big, and we include the whole wagon and its walls in the volume, I say, I oh, should I should I consider the wheel as part of the volume of the wagon to say the wagon is invulnerable? No. Since the again, since the wheel is, is removable, it's not it's not considered part of the measurement of deciding whether the wagon is too big to become tummy or not. Furthermore, furthermore, the wagon wheel, since it's removable and it's not considered part of the wagon, it cannot join in in protecting Kalim inside the wagon from becoming tummy when the wagon crosses over a graveyard. So what does that mean? That means that 
when the when the wagon has forty saw, it's invulnerable to tuma. It's considered a intervening substance between the graveyard and the utensils that are in the wagon. So if the wagon has forty saw, so the utensils in the wagon in the graveyard are not going to become tummy. What if those utensils go above the walls of the wagon, but they don't go above the wheel? The height of the wheel is higher. The wheel is not able to help for the same reason. Why? Because since we said that the wagon wheel is removable, it's not part of the wagon. It's its own utensil, and since the wagon wheel itself is not too big, it's not 40 saw, it cannot be joining with the wagon to protect the utensils that are in the wagon and going above the walls. Furthermore, this is the main point, and you can't move this wagon wheel. No, you can't drag the wagon with the wagon wheel when there are when there's money on the wagon wheel. The, this is the whole point of the question. I, what's the inference? He told me what when there's actually money on the wagon wheel, you can't drag it to drag the wagon wheel. The inference is what? But when there's no money on the wagon wheel, even though even though there was money on the wagon wheel when Shabbos came in, you're still allowed to drag the wagon, to drag the wagon wheel. So you see that it's not like we just said in the name of Rav, that once there was money on the bed when Shabbos came in, it's forbidden to move the bed the whole Shabbos. We see that even though there was money on the wagon wheel when Shabbos came in, so long as there's no money on it now, you're allowed to move it. The answer is, Gemara says no. No, it's good kasha, but no kasha. Why? That Mishnah was according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, the less, uh, 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 the less Muktzah, who doesn't hold the strict opinion of Muktzah. And he holds it even though something was Muktzah when Shabbos came in, as long as it's not Muktzah now, it, 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 it doesn't remain Muktzah the whole Shabbos. So even though the wagon wheel had money on it when Shabbos came in, since for some reason the wagon wheel doesn't have money now, it's no longer Muktzah. And Rav, who said that even if the bed doesn't have money, on it now, so long as it had money on it when Shabbos came in, it's forbidden to move. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda. As we turn the page, we see one more proof. That what? The Gemara says, You know, that terrace that you gave makes sense. It makes sense to say that the Mishnah that allowed us to move the wagon wheel so long as there was no money on it, even though there was money on it when Shabbos came in, was according to Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold like Rabbi Shimon, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. The Rav Rabbi Yehuda really. It makes sense to say that Rav really holds like Rabbi Yehuda that once something is muktzah when Shabbos comes in, it's muktzah the whole Shabbos. Where do we see that from? Dama Rav, because we learn. Rav said, "Manichin ner al gabi dekel He says you're allowed to put a lamp on a, on a, a date palm as Shabbos comes in. Now, there's a point is like this, that the rabbis forbade us to use a tree on Shabbos. That's what come to tear off a, tear off a branch. And they, therefore, we're not allowed to use a tree on Shabbos. So you can't put something on the tree on Shabbos. You can't take something off. So Rav says, you're allowed to take a lit lamp and put it on the date palm before Shabbos. And we're not afraid, and, we're, and obviously, and we're not afraid that you're going to take it off on Shabbos, why is uh, uh, we're not even going to take it off on Shabbos? Why? Because since when you when Shabbos came in, it was lit, it was muktzah. The whole Shabbos is going to be muktzah, so you're never going to take it off, and and therefore transgress the rabbinic prohibition of using the tree by taking it off. And you're not allowed to put that lamp on the tree just before yontav. Why is that? As we're going to see, because the lamp doesn't become muktzah on yontav. A lamp is not muktzah on yontav, and therefore, since you're going to, if we if I allow you to put it on before Shabbos before yontav, I'm afraid you're going to take it off on. 
Yatav, and you'll transgress the prohibition of using the tree. So now the Gemara spells out what we just said. It all makes sense what you said, what we, if you say, the Rabbi Kav Yehuda Sviralei, it all is perfectly fine and well. If you say that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that's something that's Muktzah when Shabbos comes and remains Muktzah the whole Shabbos. That's why the law is different between Shabbos and Yotav. On Shabbos, where since when, on Shabbos, since when the lamp, when Shabbos came in, the lamp was lit. It's going to be Muktzah the whole Shabbos, so therefore you're allowed to put it on before Shabbos because we're not afraid you're going to take it off the tree on Shabbos because it's Muktzah. But on Yontav, since the lamp is not going to become Muktzah, it's forbidden to put the lamp on the tree before Yontav because since it won't be Muktzah, you'll take it off on Yontav and you'll transgress the prohibition of using the tree. That all makes sense. But if you would say that Rob holds like Rabbi Shimon, like the Mishnah, that was, like we said, the Mishnah, of Tumu was talking about Mali Shabbos, Mali Yontav. What's the difference of Shabbos or Yontav? Since even since you're going to say what that even something that was Muktzah when Shabbos came in is not Muktzah later on on Shabbos. Once the lamp goes out, it's no longer Muktzah. Then the same rule should apply by Shabbos as, as by Yontav. Since also by Shabbos, once the lamp goes out, it'll be permissible to move. We have to be wary that you'll take it off the tree on Shabbos, and therefore it should be forbidden to put the lit lamp on the on the date palm before even before even before Shabbos, lest you take it off on Shabbos. Therefore, we prove. Indeed, the the, the tarots that we said that Rabbi Yehuda hold that that Rab holds like Rabbi Yehuda that something that's muktzah when Shabbos comes in remain muktzah remains muktzah the whole Shabbos. Thank you.